listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Take a minute and share this. This is an important broadcast on day number two of the fast. And uh, I'm going to be giving you today five roadblocks to fasting. And, And really, to get more specific with it, I'm going to give you five reasons that people normally break their fast before they should. Five reasons that people break the fast and go off of it and start eating again before they should. And these five are going to help you today because um, I've been on a bunch of fasts in my in my Christian life and I've broken them before I should in the past. And uh, I've seen it. I know how it works. I know what happens. I know what your flesh starts saying to you. I know how you feel in the flesh after an, during an extended fast. And um, I'm going to give you some things that are going to help you today. And these are important because we've got to stay faithful and stay strong throughout what God's called us to do. And don't be tricked uh, out of pressing into the presence of God by the enemy or by your flesh. Press in and uh, and get the rewards that God has planned for you. So that's what's up today. Good morning, Kelly and Mendy. Good morning, Jennifer. And um, praise God, Luenda. Signed the new lease this morning. It was the place you were believing for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, Peggy. Uh, let me make a couple of announcements today. Number one, I want to I want you to start this new year right, and uh, we're pressing into the power of God not just through fasting and prayer, but as I taught yesterday, through preaching and through teaching. And so I want to actually invite you personally to come and join me this coming week in Roswell, Georgia. That's just outside of Atlanta, uh, Georgia, Sunday through Friday. January the 5th through the 10th. And uh, there's going to be services every single day. And of course, we'll be live in the afternoon. But I want to see you guys there. I understand you may not be able to come for the entire revival, but take time, take some vacation days and come and be a part of revival. We got people coming from all over. I've had people tell me they're coming from New England down to Georgia to be a part of this revival. So I want to invite you, start your year, start your fast right in revival and come and join me January 5th through the 10th at World Harvest Church. It's at 320 Hard Scrabble Road in Roswell, Georgia. All the details are on miracleword.com. You can get the directions, you can get service times, you can get everything you need there. And I want to see you guys. And uh, listen, we live in a day of technology. It's not hard to get there. You can jump an easy and cheap flight, take a few days and get, see, this is why it's important. You know, if, if, if people told you that they were handing out $10,000 checks in Roswell, Georgia, you'd find a way to get there. Be a part of what God's doing on the earth. And it's important during this time of fasting and prayer, we're setting ourselves aside to receive what God has for us. And uh, there's no better way than getting into the presence of God. So I want to invite you, um, if you're up north in the New England, New York area, uh, the week after that, I'm going to be in the Bronx in New York City, uh, the 12th through the 15th, Sunday through Wednesday. All those details are on miracleword.com as well. And uh, and then on the 17th, 
I'll be joining my father in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Raleigh Convention Center, one night miracle service on a Friday night, the 17th of January. You're not going to want to miss that. If you're anywhere close, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, wherever, come and be a part of that miracle meeting. One night, Raleigh, North Carolina at the Raleigh Convention Center. All those details are available at Miracle Word and TedShuttlesworth.com. And uh, it's going to be a powerful, powerful night. And I want to see you guys. It's good to start the year in revival. It's a precedent for the rest of the year. Believing God for his spirit to move in your life. Also, get your kids involved. We have a brand new um, January Bible reading mission for the children. Uh, When you go to MiracleWord.com, or excuse me, MiracleWordKids.com, All the resources for the January Bible reading mission are there and downloadable for you, and you can get involved and get your kids involved in the anointing, and uh, this has been so awesome. The kids are loving this, and we're seeing them getting involved from not just America, but other nations of the world. We're getting pictures sent in of the children doing the Bible reading from other nations, from the UK, from South Africa. Um, We've had them from Italy, different places. I mean, just writing in and getting involved and loving it. And we want your kids to be involved too. In this new uh, winter edition of Miracle Word magazine, we have uh, dedicated three full pages to introducing Miracle Word kids to you, to show you all the kids that got involved in November and uh, talk a little bit about what the vision is to raise the children up in the anointing of God. So if you don't get this magazine, you can go to that link on the screen, miracleword.com forward slash live and sign up and receive this one for free and all of the editions that will come out uh, in the future. Absolutely free. It's a quarterly magazine, um, not a monthly magazine. So if you signed up and you didn't get one that month or the next month, we have people that sign up, you know, at our meetings and then they'll write and be like, Hey, I haven't, it's been two months. I haven't received anything. It's a quarterly magazine. So they're released every single quarter instead of every month. So don't be, uh, don't be discouraged. It will come to your house. And, uh, so it's important because we, we keep putting things there to build your faith, miracle testimonies, prophecies, uh, messages from the word of God. My wife has been writing powerful articles. We keep those things in front of your eyes to build your faith and position you for what God has for your life. So if you've not, um, if you've not signed up yet, sign up quickly and you can be a part of that. Uh, and let me tell you, you won't be sad that you did. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have any other, uh, pro, uh, any other announcements today before we get started. I can't think of any. If I do, I'll pop in with it. But anyway, I want to give you this today. And the reason I do is because I've been on a lot of fasts. Yeah, Marcus, listen, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Um, You know, if, if, if I always tell people this, you know, they think that if they go on a fast and they, and they end up dropping off, then they've, they've failed the Lord and they're done. No, just jump right back on the fast. Just jump right back on and press in and ask God to strengthen you. I prayed that with my wife again today. I said, Lord, strengthen us as we fast, strengthen our bodies as we fast and give us a hunger and a desire for your presence and for your spirit. Um, So don't be discouraged, Marcus. Just jump right back on the fast and begin to pray and seek the face of God. The reason I want to give you these five things, let me answer this question first. Matt's asking, um, the first day my fast had some problems out of nowhere and my home felt attacked. Yeah, of course. The devil, the enemy does not want you to press in in fasting and prayer. And he'll try to hinder you from moving forward. He'll try to stop you from seeking the face of God. And 
more importantly to realize he'll always try to distract you. He'll always try to distract you from seeking the presence of God. Whenever you decide to make up your mind, I'm going to press into the anointing. I'm going to press into the power of God. The devil doesn't want you going further in the anointing and he'll do whatever he can. People around you start acting crazy and people that never had issues before beef with you and problems and getting offended. Anything the devil can do to distract you and discourage you from getting involved in the presence of God, he will try to do. But all you've got to do is focus. You put your blinders on. You say, I can't control what others are doing. I can't control what's going on around me. I will control what's in this house in Jesus' name. And I will have focus, peace, and joy throughout this whole fast in the mighty name of Jesus. Put your blinders on and be strong in the Lord and the power of his, of his might. And so here's what we're going to do. I want to give you these five. Here's why. When I was younger, I really, really hated fasting. I hated it. And uh, I would hate any time a fast was called, like this, a corporate fast. I couldn't stand it. I was like, man, I would just hope for it to be over. I wish it would go quickly. Many times I would I would break the fast, I mean, early and sneak food and whatever. You know, I'd go to the other side of town and find a 7-Eleven and sneak in and get taquitos and, you know, whatever. It was a really, really great breaking of the fast um, because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the power of fasting and prayer. I didn't understand what it accomplishes, which is why I'm taking the time all week and through this through this fast to, to educate and to teach what the Bible says about fasting and prayer because many people don't understand it. I mean, let alone do it. There's Christians all through the body of Christ that have never fasted a day in their life and don't plan to because they think it's just some Old Testament religious exercise and they don't understand it's a command of Jesus and they don't understand all the supernatural benefits that accompany fasting and prayer. There's many more than I've given you, but what was it, two days ago? I gave you 21 supernatural benefits of fasting and prayer. So there's many benefits in the word of God of fasting and prayer, and they're supernatural. I wrote, I, I uh, tweeted this, uh, I believe yesterday or today, that a, a prayer and fasting is a supernatural transaction with God. Prayer and fasting is a supernatural transaction with God. And God never, and Jesus taught this, God never expects you to fast and pray without expecting a reward from him. That's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 and 18. Jesus taught that, that when you pray privately, expect a public reward. When you fast privately, expect a public reward. And so God never ex expects you to fast and pray and seek his face without expecting him to reward you for doing so. Why? Because that's his nature. Hebrews eleven six, 6, the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, it doesn't get any more diligent than cutting out food for 21 days and praying for hours a day. We're diligently seeking the face of God. And the Bible promises through the nature of God that he rewards people who diligently seek his face. So during this time of fasting and prayer, you should expect rewards to come to you, not supernatural rewards. And they'll manifest in the natural, but believe for it. And I gave you all those benefits of fasting and prayer. Go back and watch if you missed it. it, it's, it it'll change your life. It'll change the way you think about fasting and prayer. But I understood 
as a younger guy, I just didn't understand it. Now I, now I know that I didn't. And, um, you know, I would always try to, I would try to sleep the time away. You know, I would try to, you know, watch movies or binge watch shows or whatever I could do just, and I didn't understand the fullness, you know, the most I would really press in for be a few days, two, three days. But for, for many times for, for these longer fasts, I would break them and I would just sneak food and eat because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't understand the power. But as I began to study, as I began to do it and look into the word of God, I understood. And then seeing the supernatural power of God manifested in my life and in our ministry, I began to understand what fasting and prayer truly can do for your life. I remember, I'll give you a story before we get into these five. I was very frustrated in the place of my ministry in that I was believing God for mighty miracles to take place. I wanted to see God perform mighty miracles in our meetings. And I wasn't seeing them like I wanted to. And I mean like healing miracles and creative miracles. And I wasn't seeing those things happen like I wanted to. And so I got, I I started praying one day. And as I was praying, I was almost like complaining you know, to the Lord, Lord, I don't understand. I want to see these mighty miracles. Why, why haven't we seen more miracles? Why aren't we seeing? And the Lord spoke very clearly to me, very clearly. He said, you've gone. This was the exact thing he said to my spirit. You've gone as far as you can go at your current level of prayer. Think about that. Think about that answer from the Lord. You've gone as far as you can go at your current level of prayer. So understanding this, that prayer and fasting are the power filling station for the believer. They are, and that's scriptural, by the way. The reason that the disciples had trouble casting out certain demons is because Jesus told them in Mark 9, 29, there are kinds or types of demons that do not come out without fasting and prayer. Mark 9, 29. There are certain things that just will not move until you fast and pray. And so the Lord spoke that to my spirit. You've gone as far as you can go at your current level of prayer. And so I didn't get upset. I didn't get offended. Well, I thought you were God and you can do anything. And I don't know why you're not doing it in my life. No, I didn't get offended. I didn't get angry at God. I didn't kick the, kick a can, walk down the street. I'm just going to quit preaching and go do something. No. What did I do? I started praying more and I started fasting and praying more. And I can remember I went on a, another 21 day fast at that time. And I just made up in my mind. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I am going to have supernatural and uh, supernatural and uh, creative miracles take place in my life and ministry. I am not going to leave this year the same way that I left last year. And I began to fast and pray 21 days. And as that uh, prayer and supplication and fasting time was coming to an end, the very first meeting, revival meeting that I had scheduled to preach at the end of that fasting and prayer was in Canada. I was going into New Brunswick in Canada and to hold a a revival there. And uh, one of the, one of the first nights that I I was holding what we would call a healing service or a miracle service, um, a woman came in, uh, you may may have heard me tell this story before. A woman came into the service 
that had never been to church before in her entire life. Nobody had invited her ever. She was 40 years old, I think, or 42, and in her entire life never had been to church. And uh, I was preaching the gospel, and at the end of the service, I gave an invitation for salvation. Well, she got right out of her seat and came to the altar and received Jesus Christ as her Savior. And then I announced and said, we're going to be praying for the sick and those that need miracles. And it was so encouraging to see her. She was a new believer from that night, but heard me say, we're believing God to perform miracles. She so believed it that she ran downstairs into the children's class and got her son, checked him out of class and brought him upstairs. Six years old, his name was Timothy. And she brought him right to the front of the line. And she brought him brought him to me. She said, pray for my son. He's been blind in his right eye for five years. And so that was going to be the first prayer we prayed that night. Pray for my son. He's been blind in his right eye for five years. And so when I looked at that boy, I mean, the compassion of God flowed through my body. I mean, I felt like I could feel the love of God for that young boy. I had him take his glasses off. I laid my hands on his eye and I commanded blindness to leave him. And I commanded that eye to come open by the power of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus Christ. And when I took my hand off of his eye, he looked up at me, that little six-year-old boy, and shouted, I can see you. Just like that, everybody heard him say it. And his mom collapsed to the ground and began to cry and weep as she saw what Jesus could do in just moments. And then I had him go about 25 feet away and hold his hand over his left eye that could see. And then I was holding up fingers and having having little Timmy, Timothy, uh, match what I was doing. And everybody could see a boy that was blind could now see out of that eye. And it was interesting. They told me the next day when he was going to school, when he was going to school on the way, he, uh, he told, he had taken his glasses off. He said, mom, I'm not wearing my glasses to school today. I can see. And, uh, he said, I don't need it for my left eye. And now I can see out of my right eye. And, uh, he was testifying at six years old, to kids on the bus, on the way to the school about what Jesus had done in his life. That kind of stuff had not ever taken place before in our ministry. That same night, by the way, Another girl who had problems with her vision, uh, she was. Uh, she told us that when, when she went to school, she always had to sit in the front row of every class because her vision was so bad that she could not make out anything that was on the whiteboard at the front of the room. So she had to always sit in the front row of every class. And um, that night, I prayed for her eyes. And her vision instantly was made perfect. And she was able to read all the way at the front of the auditorium. She was able to read the clock and the numbers on the clock all the way in the back of the auditorium. And instantly God made her vision perfect. Those kinds of things had not happened in my ministry before. And the reason was what God had told me by the Spirit. You've gone as far as you can go at your current level of prayer. And so I said, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast until things break loose and things that take place that you promised Lord would take place, that supernatural things that show Jesus is alive begin to take place. Now imagine what would have happened if I would have broken and say, well, you know what? This fast isn't worth anything. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and eat something. I don't want to be all about works. It's about his grace. Amen. It's not about what I do. It's about what he's done. If I thought like that, 
And if I lived like that, then the power of God as I desire it to would not flow through my life. You know, there's a reason, by the way, that not every believer is living in miracle manifestations. And it's not because God is sovereign and only does miracles to whom he wills miracles to. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that many people are controlled by their flesh. And as I taught this week, the flesh is at war with the spirit. And if you're going to see spiritual things happen in your life, you've got to be a spiritual person. You have to do spiritual things and be dedicated in the spirit realm to the things of God. And so God has a higher place for us to go, but we've got to go there by divine dedication to the word of God, to prayer, to fasting, and understand those things are true. So when the devil is tempting you and when your flesh is tempting you to quit on your fast and to quit on your praying, it's a trick. It is a trick to get you to miss out on what God has planned for your life. It's a trick for you to miss out on what God has planned for your life. And that's been that way since the beginning. Notice that even in the Garden of Eden, there were certain things that God told Adam and Eve that they could not and should not eat. And he set those trees aside and said, you cannot eat from these. And it was was actually their eating that caused them to miss out on the things that God had planned for for their lives. It was their eating. It, if, think, about, think about it this way. <clears throat> the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. Adam that he formed in the, from the dust of the earth was the first Adam. And the Bible refers to Jesus as the last Adam. Think about this, uh, the, the, the dichotomy of this. Adam ate and lost God's plan for the world. But the last Adam did not eat. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and fasted. The last Adam did not eat and regained God's plan for the world. I want to say that again in case you've never seen that. The first Adam ate and lost God's plan for the world. But the last Adam did not eat and regained God's plan for the world. And so it was Adam and Eve's eating and disobedience that caused them to lose their blessing and to lose God's plan for their life. Go on further. Go on to the story of Jacob and Esau. You know, Jacob was the younger brother. Esau was the older brother. And Esau was the firstborn and had a covenant birthright to get a double portion from his father. If you understand uh, that Jewish history, the firstborn son got a double portion of the inheritance and the covenant blessing of his father. But notice this, Jacob actually valued the covenant and valued that blessing. And the Bible says Esau didn't care about it. He treated it like it was nothing. And notice this, that Jacob, even though it was like a moment of deception, it was something he did because he wanted the covenant with God. He wanted the blessing and the covenant blessing. The Bible says he knew, Jacob knew that his older brother Esau was controlled by his own flesh, but controlled by his stomach. So what did he do? He went in and he um, began to cook in the kitchen and made his brother's favorite meal. And when his brother came in from hunting, his brother smelled the, the meal that Jacob had made. Jacob, knowing 
that Esau was controlled by his flesh. And he said, man, I'd do anything. I would do anything to, to, to eat that stew you're making. He said, all right, trade me your covenant birthright. Trade me your covenant birthright and I'll give you this stew. Think about that, that Esau traded the blessings of God for a pot of stew. I mean, think about that. Traded the blessings of God for a pot of stew. There are people that are trading the blessings of God and the miracles of God in their life for a Big Mac, for a piece of pizza, for tacos. There are people that are trading the blessing of God that he has planned for them for some French fries. Understand that. You've got to gain control over the flesh and say, I refuse to miss out on the blessings that God has set up for me because I can't control my stomach, because I can't control my flesh. I'm going to have the supernatural in my life. I'm going to have God's power flow through my life. I'll not trade away my covenant blessing for some beans and bread. I'll not trade the blessings of God and the, the, the provision of God so that I can eat something that I'm not supposed to eat right now. I'm going to, I'm going to cut my flesh down and let my spirit run my life. As I've said all week, your flesh is not qualified to run your life. Your flesh is not qualified to run your life. Take a minute and share this broadcast if you've not yet done so. It's an important day. Your flesh is not qualified to run your life. And so what we're going to do is in, in these days of fasting and prayer, 21 days, that's why we're not encouraging people to do a Daniel fast. I'm encouraging people to fast as it is ex made an example of in the Bible. Nobody in the Bible did a Daniel fast except Daniel, and it wasn't a fast when he was doing it. It was a diet that he was doing and waiting on hearing from the Lord. It just ended up taking 21 days to hear from the Lord. But no one followed his example in scripture. No one did. Nobody after him in the Old Testament and no one in the New Testament followed that example because it's not God's plan for fasting and prayer. Everyone in the Bible other than Daniel that fasted and prayed did not eat food and took liquids. And some people didn't even take liquids, but we're doing that on this fast. So do something. You know, you can go on a Daniel fast and still gain weight on the fast. You're still eating. You're still pleasing the flesh. Stop pleasing. And I'm not condemning anyone that, that has done or, or is doing a Daniel fast, but I can tell you from experience that the reason that some believers do a Daniel fast is because they don't want to crucify their flesh fully. They still want to eat. They still want to please their flesh. Don't do that. Take time and fast and pray like Jesus did like the disciples did, like Paul did, and, and see God's power in your life. Crucify that flesh and jump into the anointing of God. So I want to give you five reasons today why people commonly break their fast early when they should still be on. And I know that every one of these things that, uh, that I'm getting ready to tell you used to happen to me. Everyone, I'm being transparent and telling you, they used to happen to me. These are reasons in the past that I've broken a fast when I shouldn't have. And I'm going to teach you why you shouldn't do these five things and why it's important to understand them so you don't fall into this temptation to break the fast. So help me out as we're uh, going through these and pop them in the comments section. And uh, these will help you immensely. Also share if you haven't done so yet. Number one, number one, 
the one number one reason, and these are in no particular order, by the way, but the number one reason that I'm giving you today, why people break their fast early is thinking that they've done enough for the Lord. And what ends up happening is they start comparing what they've done to what somebody else hasn't done. Well, you know, I fasted three days already, and there's a lot of people in our church that haven't fasted at all. You know, I've gone a week now that's been seven days, and I know a lot of my friends aren't even on the fast at all. They're all eating and doing their thing. You know, I've done enough. You know, the, the Lord understands my heart, you know, that you know that seven days is, you know, um, and, and that's what they do. The trap of comparison. They compare what they have done to what others aren't doing. And that's a foolish thing to do. Trap of comparison. They compare what they have done to what others aren't doing. I've done enough for God. You know, he understands my heart. He knows, you know, he knows what I'm, you know, he knows what I really love him. And I don't need to fast 21 days to show the Lord that I love him. That's not why we're fasting. We're not fasting to show the Lord we love him. We're fasting because Jesus commanded it and we're fasting to obtain supernatural blessings. You know, that would be just as foolish as saying, as a bodybuilder, as saying, well, you know what? I've done enough lifting weights. You know, there's a lot of people in this city that don't lift weights at all. And you know, my, I look pretty good. You know, I look, I look pretty good where I'm at now. They stop halfway to the, where God wants them to be. People are fasting and they literally break their fast before the breakthrough comes. And, and they let that trap of comparison stop them from going further to where they're supposed to be going. They let a trap of comparison stop them. Well, you know, I've been doing this faithfully for 10 days and I, there's a bunch of people in our church. They only did two days. They only did three days. It's not about them. It's about you. I will never let somebody else's lack of dedication determine my dedication. I want you to put that in the comments section. I'll never allow someone's lack of dedication to determine my dedication. That's a huge point to catch in your life because many people fall into that trap. And the Bible gives us this verse of scripture to know that it's true. The Bible says, comparing yourselves among yourselves, you're unwise. The Bible tells us very clearly, it is a very foolish thing to compare yourself with somebody else. It's a trap. It's a trap that the devil uses to keep you from your peace from your joy, from the blessings God has planned for you. Don't compare you to somebody else. Don't compare you to somebody else. Compare yourself to the word of God. Compare yourself to what God spoke to you. See, this is the key. I need to compare my life to what God spoke to me about my life. If he said 21 days, did I do seven? See, now I'm comparing my life to what God said, not what else, not what someone else is doing. What did God say to me and what have I done to be obedient to it? I'll never allow someone's lack of dedication to determine my dedication. It's a trap. It keeps you from the blessings of God. And so what people will do is they'll look around and say, you know what, I've, I've, I've come far enough, you know. It's been a good seven days and I stayed strong on the, on the seven days. You know, I did water only, you know, I was very strong on those seven days. And I know a lot of people didn't even enter into the church's fast this year. So, you know, I feel like I've, I feel, you know, my, my, <laughs> I'm going to give you something funny that, that I used to say that it's just really, it was an excuse. It's an excuse to break. You know what I used to say? You know, I feel, <laughs> I laugh even thinking about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd say this. Yeah, you know, I uh, I feel the release in my spirit. <laughs> I feel the release in my spirit from the fast. I feel like the Lord's releasing me now. I feel like we've gotten the what we're what we were praying for and believing for, and so you know, with with no actual manifestation or you know nothing, just saying. Well, you know, I I feel the release. <laughs> I feel a release in my spirit from the fast. Now I think I'm going to eat something, and and it's it's a trap, it's a trick. Don't allow someone's lack of dedication to determine your dedication. Compare yourself to the word, compare yourself to what God said about you and said to you. And you'll never, uh, yeah, you got to make it sound holy, AJ. I feel it. I feel a release in my spirit from the fasting and prayer. And, uh, you don't, don't do that. Stay faithful, stay dedicated, stay on with the body of Christ. In fact, let me just tell you something. This is one of the easiest times of the year to fast. One of the easiest times. You've got the whole strength of the body of Christ behind you. All of the people of your church most likely are doing it as well. We're doing it as a family. There's strength and unity. We're all doing it together. It's a vision that we're all accomplishing. It's one of the easiest times of the year to fast. And so don't break, don't fall off, don't feel the release in your spirit <laughs> to break the fast, but stay faithful. And don't let that roadblock stop you from your fasting and prayer. Number two, the uh, the second reason that many people break their fast, it's a roadblock to fasting, is because they're not feeding themselves fresh bread. And I'm talking about spiritual bread as I taught yesterday. They're not feeding their spirit. The second reason people break the fast commonly is because they're not feeding their spirit. And so what, what ends up happening is, is that if you're just not eating food, but you're not feeding your spirit, man, then your flesh is still going to take control of you and just scream, it's time to eat. It's time to eat. As I taught yesterday, one of the things that keeps you satiated is the bread of heaven. That's the word of God. You should be filling yourself daily with the word of God, not just reading your word, but listening to preaching and teaching and coming and being a part of revival services. You know, there's, it's not like it's hard to travel anymore. And it's not like it's expensive. You can get Allegiant flights. You can get Southwest flights. You can get extremely cheap flights. You can drive. It's not like it's not, you know, 1711, you know, it's, it's people treat it like, my God, I got to go. You, you tell me that place is three hours away. You know, it's like get in a car and drive. People drive to music festivals. They drive to concerts. They drive to vacation. They drive to Disney World. Drive to be in the anointing of God. Fly to be in the anointing of God. You know, invest in it. Invest in your spirit, man. People, people spend money on stuff they'll never get back again. And don't think a thing about it. There's people that go on vacations that'll never, ever benefit from that vacation ever again, but they dropped three grand on it. But don't, you know, you'll, you'll never have those moments again. That was, a, it was pointless. You went and rode some rides, laid on a lake, came home, invest in your spirit. It's something that'll never leave you. There's people that'll spend $3,000 to go on a vacation and won't spend $500 to go be in a revival. You've got to value the spirit and you've got to feed your spirit, man. Don't let your flesh scream at you. It's time time to get off. You've got to feed your spirit. 
Read your Bible. Let me just say this again because I've said it this week and I have to say it again. Fasting and prayer is not the time for you to do everything else you've been wanting to do. Fasting and prayer is not a time to binge watch through a show. Fasting and prayer is not a time to get in all the movies you've been wanting to watch. It's not a time for you to do every other thing, projects, hobbies, fun things. It's not the time for that. By the way, it's not the time for working out. You know, one of the biggest things that I, I, I can't understand that people do, I mean, you couldn't be any more dedicated to your flesh than to say, well, I can't fast because, you know, it messes up my workout routine. I can't fast because I'll lose my gains that I've made over the last 11 months. You couldn't be any more about your flesh. And that's, by the way, that's another reason that people do modified fasts like the Daniel fast or, you know, I'm just going to cut out social media, you know, because we are doing, we've been doing these workouts and, you know, I really feel like it's, I, I feel the best I've ever felt. You know, that's why you realize that's the whole reason Paul wrote Timothy a scripture in his letter that said physical exercise only profits a little bit, but godliness is profitable unto all things. You couldn't be any more carnal and flesh-driven than to say, well, I'm just going to do a modified fast because, you know, we work out and I need the protein and I need it. Get off your flesh and get into the spirit. You, you care more about keeping muscle mass. You care more about keeping tone than you do about your spirit gaining power in the Holy Ghost. You care. That just shows people's heart that they don't think spiritual things are as important as physical things. And it's a foolish thing, especially in this generation where we need all the spiritual force and momentum we can get in an antichrist generation. And so feed your spirit, man. Read the word of God. Have a plan to read and study the word of God. Have a plan to pray for hours a day, at least an hour. If you're not praying an hour a day, might as well eat because you're not serious about this. You're not serious about this. Listen, I've been listen, I've been lifting weights all year. I've been making gains. I've been seeing increase and muscles grow. But I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, well, you know, I'm gonna drink protein shakes, you know, through the fast. No, I'm fasting. I'm praying. I don't care if I lose all of the gains I've made all year long in, in, in lifting weights. I could care less because the more important thing is that your spirit man prospers that your spirit man prospers and that God can do in your life what he wants to do. And so press in. So you've got to feed your spirit man fresh bread. Jesus said it in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus was saying that the words that come from the mouth of God are spiritual bread, they're spiritual nutrition which I taught on at length yesterday. If you missed that broadcast, go back and listen on the podcast or rewatch the videos. I talked about six levels of nutrition in the word of God, and it'll change your life. Jesus knew that, and he said it. I am not living by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Feed your spirit, man. This is a time to pray this is a time to read God's word. This is a time to receive impartation from the men and women of God. Be in those. Listen, if there's just absolutely no way that you can get yourself to a revival that's taking place, then you should take the night times to watch them as they're streamed online. 
not put on the news, not put on a movie, not put on a show, but to put on the services. If you listen, if there's absolutely no way and you should make a way to get there, everyone can do a few days. Everyone can. But if there's abs for some reason that there's no reason you can get there, put it on YouTube live, Facebook live, Periscope, whatever it is. We'll be live streaming all of our services from Georgia. You know, I know my cousin's doing uh, fasting and prayer services in Pennsylvania. Be a part of it. Do something to get involved in the anointing. And don't just sit around hoping for the fast to quickly be over. Press into it and get involved with what God's doing. So number two, not feeding yourself fresh bread, not fasting, not praying, not reading the word. It all, it'll, you'll break. You'll go off the fast. It, you, you just will. Because what you'll say is, and, and it's happened to me. What you'll end up saying is, well, you know what? I'm not even really, you'll, you'll remember things like Bishop Oyedepo said, well, if I'm not praying an hour a day, I might as well not be fasting. And I haven't prayed in the last three days really. So I might as well just not be on this fast. No, instead of going the one way and saying, well, I'm just going to go off, correct the other direction and say, you know what? I'm going to start praying two hours a day and correct and go back in and start pressing into the anointing of God and get involved in the power of the Holy Ghost. It makes all the change in the world. Number three. Yeah, look at that. Marcus said, when I was 17, I went straight from a competition and bench pressing right into fasting, and I still won my weight class. God will honor you. God will honor you. Hey, Caleb. And so I want to give you number three. Number three reason that many people end up breaking their fast early. is because they hang out with the wrong people and go to the wrong places. They hang out with the wrong people and go to the wrong places. What do I mean by that? Well, if all you're going to do is spend time with people who aren't fasting and praying and then just say, you know, hey, listen, after work, we're all going out to eat. Want to know if you want to come. All right. You know, I'm not really eating, but I'll, I'll go with you guys. And, and then you go. And you sit around, and they order appetizers. Hey, have something, man. You know, don't be don't be uh, dogmatic about it. You know, have some. You you get you can jump back on the fast tomorrow. You know, you know, have a piece of pizza. We can't eat all this. You know, you shouldn't have been there in the first place. You should be home praying and seeking the face of God. But what happened? You're hanging with the wrong people in the wrong places. And what are you doing? You're entering into temptation. It's not a time to go to restaurants. It's not a time to go hang out with friends. It's not a time to go party. It's a time to seek the face of God. So what ends up happening? Hey, man, after work, we're all going out. You want to come? Yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll come with you guys. I probably won't have anything, you know, but, uh, but I'll come and just, you know, hang out with you guys. And then you get there and all the food's on the table. You smell the food, you know, and then they're coaxed because nobody likes to see you. Let me just tell you, no one likes to see you at a restaurant with them on a fast and then and then they're sitting there eating and you're fasting especially Christians so you know what they'll do they'll always, you know have something you know you can always jump back god's not going to mind if you have a piece of pizza you know god's not going to mind if you have a few onion rings he understands you know that we're friends hanging out and the thing is god doesn't understand because god's the one who commanded you to fast but you're putting yourself in a position of temptation and so it's what always happens they hang out with the wrong people and they go to the wrong places, and as a result, they break their fast. And, and, and it always happens. I've had it more times than you know. 
People are like, hey, just, just eat something. The Lord's not going to mind. You know, we can't eat all this. Why don't you have some? You know, start, you know what? Start again tomorrow morning. Start again tomorrow morning and just here you can have a little break. That's what always happens. It always happens that you get the start again tomorrow morning. You God won't mind. You get all those things. But it's only because you've put yourself in the wrong group of people and you're going to the wrong places. If you're fasting, the best place to hang out is probably not Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, just make it plain. Make it very plain. If you're fasting and praying, then the best place to do your devotions is probably not the mall food court where you're next to Chick-fil-A and smelling that wonderful, beautiful chicken. You know, it's not the best place to go. Use wisdom and don't, if, listen, if there's people that don't want to be a part of the fast, that's fine. That's on them. But that doesn't mean you have to spend all your time with them and allow them to tempt you and try to lead and guide you into breaking your fast. Don't do that. You know, that's why I think it was so important. It's like Jesus. You know, when Jesus went to do his 40-day fast, he didn't go into the markets and towns of the cities to do his fast where everybody's selling fresh fruits and fresh nuts and vegetables and figs and, you know, all the smells of people cooking meat on the street, you know, and roasting lamb. And He wasn't doing that. What did Jesus do? He went out into the wilderness where there was nobody, where nobody was cooking meats and nobody was selling fruits and vegetables. And, you know, he didn't go where all the temptation was. He was tempted by the devil, but he wasn't putting himself in a place of temptation in those cities and marketplaces. He didn't do that. He went out into the wilderness. And that's why it's always been a practice that I think is, is, is intelligent is to shut yourself away while you're fasting and praying. And I understand you can't always do it, especially during 21 days. I'm not going to be shutting myself in my house. I'm traveling. I'm going to go preach revivals. Uh, you know, I've got four four places planned to be in January. I'm not going to skip those because I'm fasting and praying. I'm going to go do them. But I'm also not going to go hang out, you know, at the food court and go sit around and, you know, get tempted. I'm going to press into the anointing. And the people that I'd be hanging out with anyway wouldn't do that because they're spiritual people and they're going to press into the power of God too. So surround yourself with the right people and make sure you go to the right places. Dory said, what do you do when it's my family in my house? If you've got to, Dory, then you go up into your room and you close the door and during their meal times, you pray. If that's what you got to do, that when they're having dinner, you go to your room and close the door and you pray while they eat. You're in control of yourself. You know, you're in control of your own life. But the point I'm making is most people <clears throat> don't have the discipline to go and sit at TGI Fridays with, with a bunch of their friends and then with their friends coaxing them to eat and them say, well, you know, no, I'm, I'm fat. No, don't just don't put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself in that position. So hang with the right people and go to the right places and seek the face of God. Don't put yourself in temptation. Number four, the fourth reason that people break the fast, it's a little bit tied to the third reason, but it happens to everyone, everyone. And the fourth reason is this, fasting becomes inconvenient for the one fasting. Fasting becomes inconvenient. But let me just tell you this, and I'll give you an example of what I mean in a minute. 
Let me just say this to you from the outset. There is never a convenient time to fast. Just so that you know, there is never a convenient time to fast. There'll always be something that comes up. There will always be something that presents itself as a reason you should eat. I'm telling you, I've done it for years and there's always something that pops up. Always, always. And there'll never be. So don't, and let me give you an example of what I mean. Well, you know, we're celebrating this. Hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. You're not going to miss their birthday. You're not going to come to the birthday and not have a piece of cake. You're not going to come to the birthday and not, not eat the meal we made, are you? You always have people inviting you over for dinner. It never fails. Nobody invites you over for dinner for four months before January. And then in January, everybody and their brother wants you to come over to eat dinner or go out to eat with them. Hey, let's go out to eat. Hey, let's go out. For, let's, you know, it never fails ever happens to me every year. And I'm sure it happens to you and, and everybody that's watching. Why? There's never a convenient time to fast ever. It'll always be inconvenient. In fact, let me just say, even though it, it may be inconvenient, January with the body of Christ, as I mentioned before, is probably the most convenient and opportune time when everyone around you is doing the same thing. But there's still going to be things that come up. There's still going to be birthdays. There's still going to be celebrations at work. There's still going to be things that people are doing and say, hey, you know, this is our anniversary dinner. This is our birthday dinner. This is what. There's always going to be something. And you have to be big enough to say, you know what? It's not convenient for me to miss. It's not convenient for me to not eat. It's not convenient to, you know, but I've got to press in to what God wants me to do and not let the fact that it's inconvenient to my flesh. See that? It's always in the, yeah, Danielle's making a perfect point. My daughter's birthday is in January also. Danielle said, my son's birthday is January 16th. So always on the middle of the fast and I just prepare myself for it. Same with me. Madeline's birthday is, is in January. And back when I was doing 30 day fasts every year and doing like January uh, 2nd through January 31st, I'd always miss it. You know, her birthday is at the end of January and, and doesn't matter. You know, it's just what it is. It's just what it is. There's never going to be a convenient time to seek the face of God and things will always pop up and people will always come out of the woodwork don't even know that they're being used by the devil to try to get you to break. I don't mean it literally, but like that devil has possessed them to ask you over for dinner. No, but what I'm saying is it's something that's trying to feed your flesh and just know that, you know, don't ever think, I just want you to hear this from me. Don't ever think that you're going to get to a time in life where there's just going to be this perfect, you know, if you're waiting, let me just say it this way. If you're waiting for some perfect opportune time to fast at some point in your life, you will never fast ever. You will never fast. It'll always be you breaking because something's going on and, and you'll never be on an extended fast. So don't allow that thing to stop you from fasting and prayer. Just understand natural things are not as important as spiritual things. It doesn't mean you have to not go to the birthday. <clears throat> You know, it doesn't mean that I don't celebrate my daughter's birthday. It doesn't mean Danielle doesn't celebrate her, her child's birthday. You celebrate it. They still get gifts. I'm still going to bless them over the top. Doesn't mean we don't have a party. Doesn't mean their friends can't come over. Doesn't mean, you know, I, I still celebrate my children in those, 
When somebody that you know has a birthday, you can still buy them a present and bless them and say happy birthday. But I don't have to go sit at Longhorn Steakhouse and smell the Texas Tunyon when it comes out. You understand? So the point I'm making to you is don't allow natural things to become more important than spiritual things. Don't allow natural things to become more important than spiritual things. And in fact, I want you to write that in the comments today. I will not allow natural things to become more important than spiritual things. I will not allow natural things to become more important than spiritual things. Pop that. I know. That's exactly right. That happens, Letty, all the time. She's saying, I'm working around other people. You're always offered cookies and cakes and pies. Hey, I made you this. Hey, we made this and made you some. And hey, we bought this and we had extra. We thought we'd give it to you. It always happens. I promise you. It's like, it's like funny to me now. It just makes me laugh how quickly it happens. Like January's coming. Expect people to make you a bunch of cookies and cakes and pies and expect people to bring meats to your house. It's like, it just never stops. That's right. I will not allow natural things to become more important than spiritual things. Spiritual things have to be the most important thing to you. Has to be. Has to be. And so make up in your mind, it might not be convenient, but I'm going to make it happen in Jesus' name. And I'm not breaking the fast for somebody's cookies or for somebody's pie or for somebody's cake or for somebody's birthday or for somebody drop me off a dinner at my house. I'm not breaking the fast. And people think, well, I'll hurt, I'll hurt so-and-so's feelings if I don't do that. Then let their feelings be hurt. How immature can you be that I'm engaging in a spiritual discipline unto the Lord and you're mad because I won't eat your cookies? Sister Cheryl or whoever's making the cookies, you understand? They're going to be mad at you because you're seeking the face of God and trying to receive supernatural breakthroughs for your family and for your life. Well, she didn't eat my cookies and I made those cookies by hand. Make them again in February. We're fasting. The body of Christ is fasting in January. So it's like, stop bringing me food when the entire body of Christ is fasting, Sister Vicky. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, don't allow natural things. Well, I'll hurt her feelings if I don't eat a few of the cookies. Don't eat the cookies. Don't eat the cookies and break your fast and miss out on your spiritual blessing. Let the cookies sit. Bless. How about this? Regift the cookies. Bless somebody at work that's not even saved. Show the love of God to someone at your job that's not saved by blessing them with the cookies. Now you've sown a seed and you're being a, a picture of Christ's love and you're staying on the fast. Look how quickly I solved that. Look how quickly I solved that. Amen. That's right. Sister Sherry out watering the fake plant. That's exactly right, Zach. Say it. Send, send somebody else the goodies. In, get thee behind me, Sister Vicky. In Jesus' name. I haven't done number five yet, Bonnie. Number five is coming. So number one, the trap of comparison, thinking we've already done enough for the Lord. Number two, not feeding ourselves spiritually, not reading the word, not praying, not going to these services. Number three, hanging with the wrong people in the wrong places and putting yourself in the way of temptation. Number four, fasting becomes inconvenient to you. Well, we got birthdays, we've got parties, we've got dinners, we've got people bringing us food. Fasting Fasting will always be inconvenient, but you do it anyway. And then number five, let me give this to you. Number five is what I would call faithlessness. 
thinking somehow that your fasting and prayer isn't doing any good. That's faithlessness. Well, you know, I've been fasting for 10 days. I've not seen a change. You know, I've not seen anything change. I'm sure it's not working. I don't think fasting works for everybody. And then you start thinking about it. Well, maybe it only works for preachers and pastors. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe God just doesn't move in in, in fasting and prayer for me like he does for others. I I don't know. Maybe maybe this thing's just not even worth it. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and eat. I haven't seen one thing change. That's how people get. People start thinking, well, it's not working. The fa- nothing's coming to path. I, pass. I don't see any breakthroughs happening. I, I don't know. I don't know if fasting even works. I don't know if prayer even works. And people start thinking that that's faithlessness. That's faithlessness that God's word is not true. And you're breaking out before you see your breakthrough. Don't break the fast before you see your breakthrough. And here's what I want you to understand. Fasting and prayer literally is preparing things in the future for you. It's not really for right now. There are benefits that will take place while you're fasting, but you're preparing yourself for what God's going to do in the future. So don't be discouraged. You know, imagine, now I'm talking about Daniel, but imagine if Daniel had said, well, I'm, not, I'm going to stop praying at 18 days because I haven't seen my breakthrough. His breakthrough came at 21 days, at 21 days. Imagine if he'd stopped at 19 days. I've been doing this for 19 days. And I've just not seen God do a thing. Imagine if Jesus quit at 20 days. Imagine if Moses quit at 30 days. You understand? Elijah stopped at 21. They pressed in and did what they were supposed to do. And the breakthrough came because of it. The breakthrough came because of it. So don't ever allow, you know, and the devil does what he can to make you feel like it's a waste of time. You know, like so, whoever that was, I forget now. At the beginning of the fast, or at the beginning of this uh, broadcast was saying, now at the beginning of the fast, I've been fasting. Yesterday was day one and I've already had things go hay- haywire, you know, and it's, it's like, I don't know what's going on, but things, it's like everything's breaking loose against me. The devil will do things to discourage you. Your flesh will do things to discourage you. And you can't sit there and think, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe fasting and prayer just doesn't work like it did in the Old Testament. And maybe it just doesn't work like it did in Bible times. And I just, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. I mean, this is, it really, I got a lot going on and, you know, I feel tired. Don't talk yourself out of what God told you to do. And don't be someone who is faithless. Believe what the word of God says. Obey the command of Christ to fast and believe that it's a supernatural transaction as the word teaches and believe that rewards are coming to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and confess on a daily basis and say, this time of fasting and prayer is positioning me for the greatest year I've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus. This time of fasting and prayer is bringing me into overflow by the power of God. It's bringing me ideas and strategies from the mind of God. I will gain access to the ways and the thoughts of God in the mighty name of Jesus. I will see my healing come during this time of prayer and fasting. I will see my family restored during this time of prayer and fast. Just start to confess. Start to confess and believe that what you're already declaring is coming to pass quickly and every obstacle that's holding back what God's plan for you is being moved out of your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Confess it and believe it by the power of God and know it's coming to pass. Don't become faithless. Don't lose faith. Don't lose faith 
Don't say, well, I guess it doesn't work. Don't say, well, I haven't seen anything come to pass, so I'm going to drop off. No, press in and believe. Press in and believe. Understand this. Something's happening, not just now, but it's happening for the future of this year. What if things that you're doing right now, fasting and praying, are breaking something loose that you don't even know about in October? What is? What if this, yes, you can, Kelly, you can have juice on the fast. What if the fasting and the praying that you're doing right now is breaking things loose for the summer and you don't even know it? Breaking things loose for the fall and you don't even know it. And if you, if you dropped off now, you don't even know you're missing out on breakthroughs that are going to come this year. You're believing God to put you in position to receive his blessings throughout the year. And don't lose faith and don't lose hope. What God said he will do, if he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. And the blessings will be yours in Jesus' name. The blessings will be yours in the mighty name of Jesus. Do not be faithless, but be faithful. Be faithful. Stay pressed in on this fast. Stay pressed in in prayer. Stay pressed in in giving. Stay pressed in in study. Stay pressed in in impartation and receiving impartation. Don't leave it. Stay pressed in. Don't let your flesh take over during the fast. Don't let your mind take over during the fast. Allow your spirit to guide you. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fasting and prayer is our reasonable worship under God, unto God, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's us saying that, Lord, all of me belongs to you, everything that I am. Amen. And it always, many times throughout scripture, it was attached to seeds that were sown. That's why I'm encouraging you today to sow seed by the power of God. When you step out in faith and obedience, it's saying, God, everything that I am, I'm giving to you. Everything that I am, I'm giving to you. In the time of fasting and prayer, you release seeds unto God. I love how Bishop says at our church, there's prayer, praise, and presentation. Prayer, praise, and presentation. We're spending the time in prayer. We're spending the time in praise, but our presentation is what we offer unto God as a sweet smelling savor. I've already, I told you yesterday, Carolyn and I have already before this year in the final hours of last year, released the largest seed into the kingdom that we ever have. I'm encouraging you to do the same. So by the power of God, thank you, Sister Pat uh, Blay for sowing uh, on the website. Thank you. I see your message. Thank you for sowing seed. And thank you for partnering with us and being a part of this ministry. I want to encourage you to do the same. This is not a flippant time. This is a time where God has blessings prepared and set aside for you. Obtain them by your obedience. Obtain them by your actions of faith. Don't believe. You know, <clears throat> I said this yesterday in prayer, not on the broadcast, when I was praying. I said, Lord, I'm, and I thanked him for 2019. It was so amazing. Everything God did, it was supernatural. But I prayed earnestly yesterday. Don't let 2020 be anything like 2019. Don't let, do not let 2020 be anything like 2019. Lord, let this new year be so explosive that it blows away whatever good thing you did in 2019. Let 2020 explode with your goodness, mercy, and favor. Well, I'm not just going to pray that. 
I'm not just going to say those things. I'm going to go and take my dedication to another level. I'm going to take my dedication to another level. We gave a lot on New Year's Eve of 2018, but New Year's Eve of 2019, we gave a lot more. Why? Because we're believing that 2020 will be greater than 2019, and it will. It will. Not because we say it, not because we pray it, but because we take actions to ensure that the blessing of God will come upon our lives and our ministries and our families and our businesses. And I'm believing that for you. Those of you that are, you own your own business, this will be the best year. Those that are faithful, it'll be your best year in business that you've ever had. Those that are working, we're believing promotions are coming to you. Those that are believing for your family, this is the year restoration is coming. Those that are believing that debts are going to be canceled, this is the year. How do you obtain financial increase? By sowing faith-filled financial seeds. And so for those that are watching, I'm going to encourage you to stand with us. Carol and I are believing that this will be a year of supernatural, and what we're saying, violent increase, expedited favor. And so you can see on your screen, very easy to give, very easy to sow. You can use hashtag donate in the comments of Facebook or Periscope, and you can sow directly in the comments section. Um, if you'd like to use Cash App, our cash tag is MWGive. You can give by PayPal as others are doing. Uh, the information's on the screen, or you can go to miracleword.com and sow a seed, or you can sign up to monthly sow a seed as a partner on the website. Very easy to do. And let me say this. For every person that's sowing $100 or more this month, we're sending you one of the greatest books on fasting that was ever written entitled God's Chosen Fast. It was the standard, and I, I consider it to still be the standard book on fasting and prayer for Pentecostal believers in the world. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book, and we're going to send it to you to build your faith and your understanding on the subject of fasting and prayer for every person that stands at 100 or more this month. And then for every person that sows 1,000 or more this month, not only are we going to send you that book, but we're going to send you a genuine leather New Living Translation Bible that I'm going to make out to you to say thank you so much for standing with us in partnership and believing God for the greatest days that you've ever seen and that this ministry has ever seen. Thank you, Luenda, for sowing seed. I appreciate it. Thank you, Pat, for sowing seed. Thank you, all the Daniel. Thank you for sowing uh, seed. Daniel's a new partner of ours. Thank you for joining with us and standing with us. Thank you for Alicia. Uh, all of those that are new people that are jumping on board with us. Thank you. We appreciate you and we pray for you and believe God for his best for your life. And I know this will be a year of the best in Jesus name. Any questions that you have in the final moments we have together? Are there any questions? Don't forget, I'm coming to Georgia starting on Sunday, Roswell, Georgia, January the 5th through the 10th. And it's at World Harvest Church and all the details are at miracleword.com. I want to see you guys during this revival. It's going to be powerful. Right outside of Atlanta, you can catch an easy flight into Atlanta and be over to Roswell in just a, a short period of time. And it is going to be supernatural. And then, of course, I'll be in the Bronx the week after from the 12th through the 15th and in Raleigh, North Carolina on the 17th with my father. Don't miss it. It's going to be a powerful powerful time together. And of course, we're continuing on the fast from the 2nd of January to the 22nd, 21 days of fasting and prayer, believing God for violent increase, expedited favor in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's coming to pass. 
It is coming to pass in Jesus' name. If you guys haven't gotten a chance to do so yet, I want to encourage you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's many watching on YouTube right now. And if you've not gone over there to do that, you can go to YouTube and just uh, search my name, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., and you'll see the channel there with all those videos that we have. And I think there's close to 17,000 subscribers. And I would love to see you subscribe to the channel. And I really appreciate everybody that's following us on YouTube. We keep all of those uh, videos up to build your faith and give you a huge library of things to continue to learn and grow and build your faith. <clears throat> yeah, that's correct. That's correct, Allison. Um, the six to six, the until evening was mentioned. It is mentioned in Judges. No eating during those times, just water and coffee and tea, no sugar. Give that time to the Lord. Um, no, not this coming Sunday, Letty. Uh, it'll be the following Sunday, the 12th of January. I'll be in the Bronx in New York. Um, and those details are... Uh, on MiracleWord.com. And I, I, I would love to see you guys in Georgia, in New York, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Love to see you guys at those um, at those meetings. Yeah, monk fruit as well, Donna. Yes, that's a natural sweetener uh, that you can use as well. It's going to be powerful. I love you guys. I'm going to be uh, traveling. Today, I, today I'm going to be shooting... Uh, even new videos for Miracle Word University. I'm so pumped about this. We have new courses coming for Miracle Word University. Uh, this month, two new courses are coming out in January. The first one is entitled Mountain Moving Faith. And uh, I'll tell you more as we're getting ready to release the course, but this is going to be a, a, an amazing course that we're about to release. Uh, I've got some stuff that I don't know it's not taught often, but things that are going to be shown to you from the word of God that are going to help your understanding immensely. One of the things that I'm getting ready to teach on is faith isolation, which does not get mentioned almost ever in church, but is a massive principle in walking in faith and seeing the promises of God manifested in your life. So today and tomorrow, I'm spending time shooting courses for Miracle Word University. They're going to be available for you guys. And uh, this month, in just really a few days, uh, that course will be available on MiracleWordU.com. And then at the middle of, uh, of this month, we're going to be releasing a course for everybody that wants to learn how to get involved with worship piano or worship keyboard in their church or would like to learn how to do some of these things in worship on the piano and keyboard. We've got a new course where I'm teaching uh, worship keyboard. And we're going to do three different levels. The first one's coming out this month, but we're going to do beginners, intermediate, and advanced for uh, keyboard players. I believe the intermediate level will hit the most people, so we're going to release that first. But both of those courses are being released in January. Uh, we have ads in the magazine, as you'll see when you receive it. I am so excited, man. Miracle Word University is a great resource. And if you've never been a part of it and you'd like to check it out, we already have courses that are live on Miracle Word U. You can just go to MiracleWordU, the letter U, dot com, and check out the courses that we already have available. They will bless you massively. And I encourage you to get involved. Each course is about uh, four to five hours of teaching. And um, th those courses are literally only $69 uh, for the entire thing. You can even break it up into two monthly payments if you want. But I'm encouraging you, especially at the beginning of this year, get involved. And uh, that's a great idea, Cindy. We'll do, we'll do Miracle Word U sweatshirts. It'd be, it'd be a great, uh, that'll be great. Samson, all of the courses on Miracle Word 
The Bible courses are $69. You can get involved immediately, and uh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Yes, Kelly, we'll stand with you for your father-in-law in surgery. Touch him, Lord. Heal him by your power. Let everything be well in Jesus' name. We thank you for it and give you praise and glory. I love you guys, and uh, I'll talk to you again very soon. Stay strong on your fast. Pray and get involved in the anointing of God and watch what God's going to do during this month of fasting and prayer. It's going to blow your mind. It's a year of violent increase and expedited favor. I love you guys. I'll talk to you again very soon. Have a great day. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.